2: Good afternoon and welcome into this Tuesday, May 16th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuis, Nick and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here as got a big show today. Uh, First segment, we'll recap last night's EPAC Section 1 game that uh, turns out to be a run rule game in favor of the Hedgesville Eagles. We'll talk about that momentarily. Uh, Then we'll talk about the Musselman New Girls basketball coach, the new rules coming uh, that NFHS adopted for high school basketball. And then at 1230, we'll be joined on the phone by the returning head coach for the Martinsburg Bulldog football team, uh, Dave Walker. And then at 1235, uh, now, former head coach turned assistant coach, assistant coach turned head coach turned now back to assistant coach, Britt Sherman, will join the conversation as well to talk about his role in this and uh, why all this is happening from his end as well. Uh, but uh, first, let's guys, let's get into um, this EPAC sectional game from last night that uh, we saw Hedgesville run rule Musselman in a game we thought was going to be close.
3: Yeah, um Not at all what we expected last night between Musselman and Hedgesville, Uh, but, you know, give credit to the Eagles. I mean, they came out, they jumped on the baseball, were very aggressive at the plate, and were able to put up those 12 runs and get the run rule victory. Lane Delauder on the other side struggled a little bit in that first inning, gave up one run, gave up another run uh, a little bit later in the game, but overall he was really good on the mound and contained a high-powered Musselman offense and, uh, you know, Hedgesville pulls away, gets a surprising win. They got to Jason Myers early and setting up now a situation where it's winner go home for both teams. Um, kind of what we expected in this section of how competitive these teams have been all year. So, you know, I think this one could go either way as well. Hedgesville with the slight advantage of playing at home. Uh, we would expect Tanner Maffey to go for the Eagles. It will probably be a rematch of the game they had uh, before the championship. Uh, round here where we saw Hannah Matthew versus Dylan Stevens I would expect both those guys, I mean Mussman can't really mess around they gotta throw their best guy and Stevens is their most talented pitcher so I expect that to be the matchup and you know these two teams it could go either way, we could see an explosion today from the Mussman offense for all we know Uh, I wouldn't really expect uh, necessarily another run rule game, I think that would kind of an outlier Um, I think we're expecting these teams to probably come out a little bit tight today with the pressure being on both of them um and we'll see who kind of rises to the occasion but I would expect probably a lower scoring game uh but again both these teams have seen both these pitchers now uh for Musselman they've seen Matthew I think this will be the third time they've seen him this year and you know Hedgesville's seen Stevens now twice so We'll see. I mean, they feel pretty confident at the plate with how they were able to execute last night. Maybe we do get kind of a more back-and-forth, higher-scoring game, uh, which isn't what you typically see in the postseason, but I think it's a possibility with the way these two offenses are clicking at times this season and the fact that they've seen these pitchers before and are pretty familiar with them. So should be another good game tonight. Definitely a shocker last night. Potentially a statement win for Hedgesville. We'll see if it carries over into the day.
2: I think the big part of last night's win was you had the offense running on all cylinders throughout Hedgesville's offense. And that was a team on Friday when I talked with head coach Eric Grove after the game. You know, there was, it was. You know, RBI here, RBI there, RBI there, hit there, hit there, hit there. Like, it wasn't across the lineup. Everyone in the lineup got a hit last night that started the game. And, you know, I think that was huge with the, you know, the 10 or the 12 runs they were able to score. And then with Lane DeLauter on the mound, a solid five innings from him, he had a really good outing. And, uh, you know, it's good to see him have a good outing after, you know, he's suffered through some tough outings lately.
4: Yeah, but I mean, when it came to the to postseason, outing, so. mm-hmm. yeah, when it came to the postseason, he had back-to-back great outings and that's what you trust from him. And the offense really saw the ball well last night. I mean, an 8-run second inning which really just changed the entire trajectory of that game and I agree it was not what we expected. We expected it to be more of a competitive game, but whenever it seemed like Musselman was going to threaten Hedgesville was able to get the job done get the outs get the strikeouts and on the other side they they just the offense was there for the Eagles and I do think it's a statement win I think the momentum's on their side now they realized that yes you have to get two wins to be the champions but it's still our home Field and we will defend it as best as we can. And they did that yesterday, and they're going to try to do it again today. And we'll have to wait and see how things go. I
3: think a positive for Musselman is only one of those runs were earned last night. Uh, so technically, you know, if you play better defense, obviously you don't give up those runs, but you gave up 13 hits. So, you know, it was just kind of by rule after an error, every run I believe is unearned uh, from that point forward. But – um you know, kind of an interesting thing that, you know, if you played a little bit better. I thought some of those plays that were ruled errors in the scorebook, I had them as hits. So, you know, it could kind of go back and forth. Uh, there were a few tough plays out there that were missed by Musselman. Um, But we'll see how it plays out. I think, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 still on where I would lean because the previous games don't really tell us much. I think this game was kind of an outlier. Um but both these teams kinda have the capability of doing this to the other. If Dylan Stevens goes out and just throws a gem tonight and Musselman's offense is clicking, we could see the score being the exact opposite. I mean it wouldn't be too out of the out of the realm of possibility. I think though with the pressure being on, I think both teams playing at a high level. I think we get like a six five, five four kind of game. Yeah. Uh where Both teams' offenses are playing pretty well, and the pitching steps up when necessary to keep the game close. So that would be my, like, prediction if I was going to make one tonight. But in terms of who's going to win the game, I mean, who knows. It it really just could come down to a few plays here and there. Um, Maybe you give a slight edge to Hedgesville with their defense being a little bit better at times, but they've been going with kind of this more hitting over defense lineup, and it's still working out for them. So... You know, it's definitely a tough matchup. I think it's two great teams. It's unfortunate that only one team gets to represent out of this area in the the state tournament because I think we do have, you know, three teams right now over 20 wins. And, of course, Martinsburg was a really solid team as well that could all go down and compete in a state tournament game if they were given the opportunity. But, you know, that's how probably all the regions and sections feel. I mean, Bridgeport, for the first time in 11 years, isn't going to go to the state tournament 12 years so you know it's going to be a little bit different this year so you know i think we're getting some great baseball great sectional championship tonight you definitely don't want to miss it
2: yeah you definitely don't but unfortunately that means we won't be able to cover game one of the region two softball series we'll jump on it for game two tomorrow though talked with both teams head coaches last friday uh you know look on the outside looking in jefferson favored heavily
4: Yeah, it's going to be tough for Hedgesville, but as I said, it's still postseason play, so you never really know what to expect. Both teams will bring their A games as, I think, something that you can expect, and maybe that will mean it's a competitive game between the two. We know Hedgesville has a solid offense, but we know Jefferson has a solid offense, and you probably give the edge to them. When it comes to pitching as well, Becca Munslow has had a fantastic season and you look at the regular season matchups, it has been very lopsided in the favor of Jefferson and it's at Jefferson today too. So it's going to be a tough one, but I hope it's a competitive regional and whoever makes it out represents this region well.
3: Yeah, I think we see, like you said the other day, Colin. I think we see probably closer games than what we saw in the regular season. But ultimately, I do think Jefferson will win this uh, two-game or three-game series in probably two games, uh, just because I think the the differential it might be too much there between these two teams when you look at how those games turned out in the regular season and just overall, I think Jefferson is the better team. But Hedgesville has a few pieces here that they can. You know, if they get hot at the plate, can uh, keep this one a little bit closer than what you would expect. But ultimately, I just think Jefferson has the better overall team, so they'll probably be the ones representing. But nothing's guaranteed, and and hopefully, we do get a competitive series because I think we are seeing an increase in the talent around here in the softball in the sport of softball. Uh, we've seen how well Washington was able to play against Jefferson, and uh, Hedgesville has a good team. It's just they might be – as good as they are, they might still be outmatched when it comes to going up against Jefferson, which I think speaks more so to how good Jefferson is compared to everybody in the state than you know necessarily any knocks on a Hedgesville.
2: So. Yeah, I would tend to agree with what you're saying. We'll follow that game, and I'll give some updates during the game for you, Nick, or for the audience as uh, we'll have Hedgesville uh, hosting Muscleman in the EPAC Section 1, winner go home, uh, winner – takes the section and goes to the regional championship series set for next Monday through Wednesday. But that'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. We come back after this two minute break NFHS dropped some new rules yesterday for high school basketball. Uh, Muscleman hires a new hire becomes official last night for the new girls basketball coach. Plus, A team that we thought was going to compete very well throughout the EPAC after making it down to the state tournament. Uh, Could be a totally different team next year. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in to Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR.
1: Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. They sit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your Nattitude and cheer on Joey, CJ, Josiah, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740
4: and TV 10. To this day when I hear that song, I see you standing there on that lawn. It's it's still
2: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. In about eight minutes, nine minutes, we'll be joined by a returning head coach for the Martinsburg Bulldog football team, David Walker. Then uh, assistant coach turned head coach turned back to assistant coach, Britt Sherman will join us on the line at 1235 mid-conversation. Uh, but yesterday we found out that uh, we knew this for a while, that uh, – head coach ad elliott and musselman for the girls basketball program had resigned from his position it's presumed that uh, it's because he is an assistant principal at a school and you can't really be admin and head coach or you can't be an admin and a head coach according to the the bylaws of of the state i think it's the state or the county uh you can't be a head coach while having an admin position uh so we knew that they were looking for a new head coach we had heard rumblings we talked about this on the show yesterday we had heard rumblings that there's gonna be a big move uh by a certain head coach but those were just rumors and uh the new head coach uh was named yesterday and officially recognized last night uh after the board vote and uh, it's actually a muscleman alum and a former assistant coach in the boys basketball program colin
4: yeah, Coach Potter will be taking over, so congratulations to him on being named the next head coach of the Musselman Girls basketball team, and uh, we'll do our best to get him on in the uh, next few days, if possible, to talk about it, I believe.
2: Yeah, I believe
3: he played at Musselman. Uh,
2: I think it was it 08 to 11. To yeah.
3: I believe that's why I saw him max prep. So, um, you know, certainly, you know, it seems like a good hire to get a guy that's, been in the community, obviously grew up around Inwood, um, you know, makes a lot of sense as as coached with the basketball team on the boys side before. So, yeah, I think all those things, um, you know, lead to him being a good candidate for this job uh, when you want to, you know, bring in a new head coach and, you know, keep kind of some of the tradition, I guess, that Musselman was starting to build. I think they had a good culture with that program, even though they didn't necessarily, win a lot of games. Uh, they started to, they always, you know, gave a great effort. Were a tough team, hard defensively, and I think if he can build on some of the things that Coach Elliott started there at Mussman, they could be successful here in the next few years. So, um, you know, excited to get him on. I'm excited about, we got a lot of new coaches in basketball this year, it seems like, so, um, or at least a few. So, yeah, you know, I'm excited to see how both boys and girls' basketball turns out. I, I hope that we see growth in the girls' basketball around the area. I know Coach Elliott was definitely big on trying to get that, not only in this area, but in the entire state. So um, hopefully we continue to see that progress and uh, I'm excited to talk to Coach Potter whenever we get the opportunity to do so.
2: Yeah, uh, we'll be sure to try to have him on by the end of the week. If not, next week. Uh but we have learned of some movement here in EPAC Girls Hoops as uh looks like a roster that we thought was gonna go back and contend for a, a state championship is is no more according to uh you know some things that we have heard and uh you know some things that you see on uh these student athletes' social media profiles, Colin.
4: Yeah, that being the Spring Mills girls basketball program, a team that was undefeated the entire regular season, won the uh, region championship, went out to the state tournament and uh, fought hard there, but unfortunately fell short of the championship game and uh, won the first round but lost in the second round. And what we thought, especially with all the talent they had on their team, was – the window of opportunity for a state championship starting to open for the next few years, it uh just seems unfortunately like that window has been um slammed shut with some movement on the team.
2: Yeah, it looks like a player has enrolled at John Hanley High School in Virginia, uh, and her sister is probably gonna go somewhere else as well, but uh it's kind of kinda of crazy.
4: Yeah, that being the uh Edsel sisters, it looks like according to their Twitter, we saw uh, Corinne Edsoul post that she, it looks like, is at John Hanley High School now and no longer at Spring Mills. A uh, freshman last year on the Spring Mills team averaging a double double. Reagan Edsel, one of the leading scorers, too, and a leader of the uh, program, too, last Clark year. Corinne
3: so, was the sophomore. Do you have that? No. I think Reagan's the freshman. Reagan's the freshman.
2: So yes. I had it backwards. Yes. Yeah, you're correct. Sorry. Uh, but what I've noticed, too, is. Uh, I was told that that could be happening, so they follow our Twitter account. So I went to their Twitter account, and I've noticed this now across a lot of uh, high school student athletes. Is we know it's coming June first.
4: Yeah, but we knew that for in-state. That's yes. when the June. But I'm saying a lot of these,
2: facts, a lot but, of yeah. these just say class of 25, class of 24. Class of 26, they don't say their school when we know where they went to school and played in their prospective sports. So I think a reckoning is coming here once June 1st happens.
4: No, as soon as June 1st hits, there, there's it's, going to be a lot of movement. It's going to be hard to keep we, track of. We've said it multiple times, nobody nobody, at all, even if they want to say they do, nobody knows what is going to truly happen at the start of 1st. We are going to see a lot of movement, and yes, in – part of my mind i think it's a positive because we want the best for our high school students but at the same time in the back of my mind i think this is about to be an absolute mess and the wild west is a fair label to put on this
2: yeah uh we'll obviously cover that as more things happen for you at the break the nfhs released a statement yesterday free throw protocols her procedures and foul administration amended in the 2023-24 high school basketball rule changes beginning next year. High school basketball teams will shoot two free throws for common fouls when the when they're in the bonus. The rule changes, this changes to rule 4-8, 4-8-1 eliminates the one-in-one scenario and sets up new foul limits each quarter awarding to the bonus. Free throws rule changes were approved by the National Federation of High School or National Federation of State High School Administration, the NFHS. Uh, basically, it'll reset every quarter, and it's a five. And once you get five, you're shooting two free throws. That could slow the game down a lot. We'll obviously have more reaction later, but uh, just quick thoughts, guys, here before we hit the break.
3: Not really certain why they are going to this. It seems like there's already a lot of fouls called in high school games anyway. So why go to five for the double bonus? That seems pretty low to me. So I don't, I don't really get it. Um, and I don't really have any other comments other than it's just kind of weird
4: change. I mean it, it's the exact same rule that they now use in NCAA women's college basketball and I haven't really seen any issues or heard of any issues from that so I don't think it's going to be that big of a change or an issue
2: all right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Get your Traeger Grills at Orsini's at 360 Way or online at Orsini's.com. We come back. We'll be joined by returning head coach for the Martinsburg Bulldogs, David Walker. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10 back in two minutes.
0: Really? Yeah. Gonna call my parents. Dad, come over. The first gets done.
1: <laughs> the Traeger Connected Experience. Everything you need for epic flavor, and then some.
6: Shop now and save at Orsini's today. April is National Donate Life Month. WVU Medicine is joining the effort to raise awareness for organ donation. Did you know that more than 100,000 people are waiting for life-saving organ transplants? One donor can save up to nine people through organ donation, provide sight for two people through cornea donation, and restore health for more than 150 people through tissue donation. Join WVU Medicine and help spread awareness about the gift of donation. And if you haven't registered, visit RegisterMe.org.
4: Now back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick
1: on Talk Radio WRNR one hundred six point five FM AM seven forty and TV ten.
7: Guess who's back, back, back?
1: Back again. again. back. back, back Tell a friend.
2: Rick, Rick. Welcome back, back to this edition of the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV ten. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here. And uh, without further ado, we're now joined on the phone by, uh, I guess you'd call it the worst kept secret in the whole area over the last month, is David Walker returns to be the new Martin, or to return to his position as Martinsburg head football coach. How are you doing today, Coach Walker?
7: I'm good. How are you guys?
2: We're doing well, and... uh Obviously, it's it's uh, you made this transition to go up to uh, Division two football in twenty nineteen. What has been the last couple or few years for you like navigating time as a as a head football coach at a college?
7: Well, it's definitely been uh, a learning experience. Uh, uh, it's a you know, really good experience. I learned so much and uh, got to meet and work with so many great people. So uh, it's it's been a it was really a good move for me.
3: So, coach, you uh, decide to come back to the or retake the position as a head football coach at Martinsburg and I, I think the first question is I guess why why decide to make this move uh, because a lot of people when you think of coaching you know it's, a, it's a, always a job where people are looking for their next job to move up and most people would consider moving from division two to moving down uh, so why make this move and what led you to want to come back to Martinsburg
7: no, oh, there's a lot of reasons um you know division 2 some division 2 schools are, are are not on the same level as others and uh, you know so I, I don't really consider it a, a a move backward or a move down um it may look that way on paper but um you know for me uh there, there's professional reasons and there's personal reasons and professionally i, I felt like that um you know, Concord is not uh, a place really conducive for for football. Uh, it's, I don't I don't want to make that I don't want that to sound bad, but um, you know, there's just a lot of things going on right now with with uh, budget cuts and scholarship cuts and um, tuition raising, which creates a scholarship cut. And you know, it's just uh, it's just a tough time. But for me, the main reason uh, I wanted to come back is you know I've learned. Um, Over the years, especially the last couple of years, uh, life's too short not to be happy. And, um, you know, my my family and friends are up there and people that I care about and people that care about me. And I just felt like it was time for me to come home. And this this opportunity came, and, um, you know, it was just something that I felt like I needed to do. And I miss living in the Panhandle. I miss Martinsburg, and I I miss my people.
4: So now that we know the reason why, I guess, when did it really dawn on you that this was the, uh, route that you wanted to go to return to Martinsburg?
7: Well, I, I always felt like I was going to come back into the area when I, when I retired or whenever I was finished, you know, when my job was finished here. Um, and I was just going to live there and, and, you know, find a job or whatever. And, um you know, then as I started talking to with Coach Sherman and uh, you know me and him, he you know we're we're like family. I've known him since he's been like five years old, and we'd always kind of joke around saying, "Hey, let's get the band back together. Let's let's you know let's get back and do the things that we were doing." And then I never really thought about it till just uh, you know a few months ago we were talking, and
6: uh, and I
7: told him I thought about coming back, and and he's like, "Well, why don't we just make this thing happen?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, I I'm all for it." So it just kind of fell into place. Uh, I never thought that I would be back coaching on the sidelines there when I left but uh I'm really excited to have the opportunity to do it again and uh and really uh you know just savor it and, and, and appreciate it and uh you know just to be able to reconnect with uh you know everyone that that I was connected with before
2: and uh coach walker you bring up coach sherman he's now joining us on the phone and uh you know coach sherman we'll bring you in here at this part of the conversation since coach walker mentioned you about bringing the band back together uh you know we had talked to you in the fall and you had kind of mentioned something of a different happening and that's what we thought this was procedurally uh but it, it ends up being bringing the band back together and what does coach walker mean bringing back to the program
5: well, it's, it's extremely exciting. It's it's, uh, it's it's just a great thing. Uh, I mean, I've known Coach since I was a kid. I was his water boy, ball boy, played for him. Came back and was assistant, and then I was fortunate enough to take over for him. And uh, you know, I don't I don't look at it as a kind of a stepping aside. It's just kind of a step stepping b side. And uh, you know, we're going to going to continue what we had before, and and I think we all get better from it. I think. I got better the last three years as, as a coach from the things I had to do as a head coach, and he got better for being a college coach. So I think it just brings uh, a lot of excitement to our program because I think everything's going to be better.
3: Coach Sherman, I think uh, you know a lot of people would probably look at this from the outside and I guess wonder why you would want to step aside after being the assistant coach to Coach Walker for a long time. So what led to that decision for you? Uh, to want to bring him back and decide to uh, have him take over with the head coach title.
5: Well, I mean, I wanted my friend back. I wanted Coach to be back, and I wanted him to be back in some capacity. And I think we we spoke on it a little bit, and he talked about maybe even coming back and taking on an assistant role, or you know, possibly even being back in the area, but maybe coaching in Virginia and doing you know double dipping in his retirement in Virginia. And yeah, every time he said something like just made me feel a little sick to my stomach because I just don't feel like that's the way it should be. I mean, this guy's been my mentor, um, his family, and, you know, I I think that with him being the head guy and me being the assistant, the way it should be. I mean, we've never really been real big on titles, and that's something he taught me a long time ago is, you know, we're just here for kids, and we're just trying to do the best we can for, for our team and our family. We have a great staff that's, that's around us, and, I just thought that's the way it should be. I'll
4: make this a two-part question and start with you, Coach Walker. During your time at Concord as the head coach, what are some maybe new things that you learned in your coaching career during your tenure there? And then also for Coach Sherman, what did you learn uh, differently, I guess, being a head coach rather than an assistant coach?
7: I'll, I'll start that off with. Uh, I, I think I'm a lot better. Uh, I'm a lot better coach now. A lot better person. I think I'm. The one thing I've learned, I've, I'll be able to better help our athletes uh, that want to go on to play college um, football, or, or just want to go to college in general. I, I'm more equipped to help them with that. Having to having went through all the uh, the other end of the recruiting process and working with the NCAA and things that we have to deal with on this end. I, I'm going to be more equipped to help any young man that wants to try to make that trip or make that leap to the next level. Um, you know, and then other things you deal with, with um, you know, with recruiting and compliance, and there's just so many things out there as a high school coach I was never really made aware of so much, and then I've learned a, a, a tremendous amount since I've been down here, that I think it's going to help me help our young guys so much more than what we were able to before.
4: And, how about you, uh Coach Sherman? What did you learn during your time as the head coach?
5: I think just the responsibility I know being an assistant before even <clears throat> even being there for sixteen years was you know even though you think you know what the head guy's going through and you wanna make suggestions and you wanna you know say this and say that until the buck stops at you, you don't realize what all goes into it with boosters parents schedules you know i think i learned a lot um you know I always had coach walker there to kind of filter things with with our even our offensive plays calling each play and when you don't have anybody else there and, and uh you know all that uh, wrestling your shoulders and it's your responsibility you know i think you uh, you learn a lot from that kind of stuff
2: when does the uh, coaching transition uh take place and coach sherman what is your role going to be
5: Okay. So I didn't officially resign until June one. And I did that on purpose. So to, just to make sure we had enough time to get, you know, the hiring process finished. Um, and then to make sure that, you know, we got through our flex days in May and everything was, um, you know, good to go with it. But, uh, I, you know, I plan on continuing to coach and I know we got to work out some details with, with that as far as everything, but I should stay, uh, a, the Berkeley County employee, uh, plan to do a couple of substitute days and, uh, you know, I plan on continuing to coach and, and hopefully coaching the same things on the field that, uh, that I'm coaching now.
4: Uh, this, I guess, is a question for both of you. With Coach Walker now taking over as the head coach and Coach Sherman, you now going back to the assistant coach, is it going to be still Coach Sherman calling plays offensively? What will the uh, relationship, I guess, be like for the team as a whole? Are you asking me or Coach Sherman? Uh, wh- whichever one is wanting to answer yeah, well, the question, I guess. Uh,
7: the way we did things before, Coach Sherman is, is the offensive coordinator, and obviously you know, I've got a hand on everything that goes, that goes on, but there's not going to be a lot of big changes schematically with what we do and how we do things. It's pretty much the same plan we've had for years. Um, things I've picked up on this level, I think I can bring back schematically to help uh, – they help our team. Uh, I've, picked up, uh, I've picked up some things the last three years I think will really be beneficial to us. But, you know, Coach Sherman's responsibilities really aren't going to change a whole lot as far as the X's and O's goes. Uh, I'm just going to be stepping in place to, to deal with things, uh, the management, management of the team and, and day-to-day operational stuff.
3: Coach Walker, how do you think that will help the guys that haven't played for you uh, with this adjustment you know, you guys obviously having a similar offense and things like that. Nothing's really going to change in terms of X's and O's.
7: No, there there won't be much change with that. I mean, I think the thing that uh, for me is just uh, I'm I'm really big on relationships. I'm really big on on kids. Obviously, working hard and doing the right thing. And, and I know Coach Sherman is as well. So, you know, a lot of things. I think we work together really well. Um, And I think it'll be an easy transition for the kids. I don't think they – and I know some of the kids. A lot of these kids were uh, in middle school and, uh, you know, 7th, 8th grade, you know, when I was there. So, uh, and I I actually know a few of them. So, I think it'll be an easy transition.
4: This one will go to uh, Coach Sherman. Coach, we know um, there was a opening into the schedule for the upcoming year. You guys only had nine games on there, and it was recently learned that the Highland Springs game is uh, believed to no longer be on the schedule now. So does that mean that you guys are down to eight games, or has there been one or two games recently added to the schedule now for the upcoming year?
5: Well, that's an interesting question that I really can't answer at this point because it's probably hourly. Um, changing as of today um, with a couple games that I think we thought we had one we may not have one I think we may may have one scheduled for week three so that's something that uh, coach Walker and and, uh, Davis Moore are going to have to really delve into here in the next week or two and um, you know of course I'll help them as much as I can but uh, yeah we're scouring scouring the east coast and even the North America for games the last couple of months has, has not been easy on any of us. And uh, it's one of those things that, like I said, it's changing today hourly. So I really can't answer that exactly. I think today, as of today, we have nine. We were hoping to have ten. But, uh, you know, that's that's uh, it's a good question.
2: And this one's for Coach Walker. And Coach Walker, in venturing to college, uh, you had to deal with the transfer portal a little bit. And uh, June 1, that's coming with the one-time transfer rule to West Virginia high schools. How do you think that, that having you having gone up to college is going to maybe help you deal with that a little more, knowing the comings and goings of players and you know, kind of in the heads of college players, how that could translate to the high school game?
7: I'm, I'm I'm I was in favor of the portal. Um, it benefited us here at Concord, and and I, I'm I think if a player's not happy where they're at, and if they want to go, let them go. And I, I I really don't want a kid playing for me that doesn't want to be there. So, um, and and we had we lost kids here at Concord. And we gained we gained a lot more than we lost. But uh, no, I I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, I think I think at the at the high school level, obviously. Uh, you're dealing more with parents than you are at this level, and I think parents will be making those decisions, you know, for their teenage sons. Whereas in college, you know, they're, those guys they're mostly adults and they make their own decisions. But you uh, know, I'm sure it's, there's going to be um, bumps in the road in this thing for everybody that's, that it deals with across the state. But uh, I'm sure in time it'll it'll be a smooth transition, and kids will make uh, educated choices and. And do and go and do what's best for them and their family.
3: Coach, would it be weird to play for playing the or coach in the stadium that is named after you now?
7: Well, I never thought about it till you just asked me that. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it will be kind of odd. I, I, I've i never given it any thoughts, uh, but uh, I definitely don't want to do, uh, you know, do anything that. Uh, you know that I want to continue for us to have the success that Coach Sherman continued doing. I think he did an outstanding job, and we just want to come in and get better and continue with the success and try to build upon it.
4: Before we let you go, Coach, I'll let you now give a uh, or give you the opportunity to say anything that I guess hasn't been said that you'd like to say to not only uh, Martinsburg but also to the uh, fans that might be tuning in for Concord
7: well i'm i'm excited um you know it, it's one of those things that i left because i felt like i want i needed a new challenge i needed to challenge myself i always I, if i hadn't have taken the job down here i always wondered if i could have done it i did it I did okay at it um turned the program around but at the end of the day it's about being happy and uh, the happiest moments have been up there so uh i just feel like it's not an ego thing for me i don't need to have that label as a college coach I want to get back where I make more of an impact. When you're dealing with college athletes, nine times out of 10, when they come into my office, they want more scholarship money. They want you to get them out of trouble or they, they need something from you. You're dealing with high school kids. It's a true relationship. You know, they need your help. Uh, You can have a, a real good hand in molding them and making them get the goals and stuff that they want. And, uh, I think you make more of a difference. So, and down here, I don't know that I made that much of a difference. I mean, we did maybe wins and losses, but there's so much more to the game of football than wins and losses. So, uh, I want to make a difference, and uh, I want to come back and get this thing going and have fun and enjoy life.
2: Coach Sherman, final one for you before we let you both go. Uh, Thursday, June 8th, the uh, Bulldog Golf Classic. I just want to pump that a little bit for the uh, people listening.
5: Yeah. Uh, sponsored by Team Quintes, June 8th, Golf Classic. Go to com. hit the QR code, put a team in. It's going to be a great time. Crest Creek, you can't play there unless you're a member. So a lot of people want to play there. Um, I know I'm excited to to get my team in and play. And uh, we've, we've rented extra carts so we can have a couple more teams because we've been filling up pretty quickly. So make sure you get your team in. Also, this Saturday we're going to have our youth combine. And now I can announce that the uh, keynote speaker at that combine will be Dave Walker. So 9 to 12 at the Doghouse this uh, this weekend. Come bring K-8 through 8 kids out and um, get laser timed in the 40 pro shuttle. Uh, just kind of be like a little, little NFL combine.
2: Coach Dave Walker, Coach Britt Sherman, our guest. Thanks for the time, coaches.
5: Thank you guys very much. much, fellas.
2: All right, that was head coach, new returning head coach as of June one, uh, for the Martinsburg Bulldogs, David Walker, and then uh, assistant turned head coach turned back to assistant coach Brid Sherman, uh, joining us today. And thanks to, for both of them for taking the time. As uh, we figured, it would be good to get both of them on together because we kind of had an indication that it was it was more than just uh, coach wanted to come back. It was just the the family aspect of it and and uh as coach walker said wanting to get the gang back together
4: yeah it was nice to hear both sides of their reasons why their decisions were made because as you heard from coach walker you missed the family aspect and the family aspect of coaching was here at martinsburg and coach sherman definitely felt that way too and you even heard him say and we heard this rumored that Coach Walker was, when looking to move back up here, actually also looking to potentially be a coach in the Virginia area. And that's something that would have been even weirder than him leaving for Concord in some people's minds. And it sounded like to Coach Sherman, it sounded weird to him. So he decided to make his decision and allow him not only to come back as a coach, but the head coach of Martinsburg.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense from after speaking with them and their reasonings why. And, of course, if you're going to bring Coach Walker back, it would be weird to not have him be the head coach when he is kind of Coach Sherman's mentor, like he said, and, uh, you know, a leader of the program and obviously a legendary coach. So you got to be excited if you're a Martinsburg fan. It seems like uh these guys are going to work really well together like they did, you know, for all the years that Coach Walker was the head coach. So, um A little bit of a change, but not really too much changing in terms of the teams are going to look pretty similar. But I think Coach Walker coming in uh, can continue to have the success that Marnsburg's had even under Coach Sherman as well.
2: All right. Well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the other side of this break. We'll wrap things up, talk Nats and O's. Nats get a big win yesterday. And Otani in Baltimore, as uh, he had a moon shot, but uh, he also had a moon sh- or he had a the homer hit off of him. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV. 10, back in two minutes.
1: And the streak continues. CMA's Martinsburg dealerships continue to knock out the competition with their competitive pricing, extensive selection, and lifetime powertrain warranty. With over 450 new and used vehicles in stock and on the way, CMA won't leave you waiting on the bench. That's right. CMA's Martinsburg dealerships are once again the most valuable dealers in the area. For the strongest and deepest lineups, visit CMA's Martinsburg dealerships online at martinsburg.cmacars.com today. And good luck to all Panhandle High School student-athletes.
2: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the mayor's group of the Price Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Call 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us here to wrap things up. Great interview. Uh, if you missed it, you can go back on YouTube here in about an hour or so to tune in or tune into the podcast to hear the whole thing over again uh, at about 1.30. Uh, but... Returning head coach for the Martinsburg Bulldogs, David Walker, joined us. And then uh, now going back down to assistant coach, Britt Sherman joined us as well halfway through the conversation. And it was a great conversation, I think, where we, we got a lot of answers that we were wondering that we hadn't heard for sure answers on. So if you want to listen if you missed out on that, and you want to listen, go to YouTube, you can watch it here in about 30 40 minutes. Uh, but now let's turn our attention to uh, some MLB baseball. The Washington Nationals get a big win yesterday to split the series over the Mets 10 to 3. Joey Manettis was the star with four hits, three doubles and four RBIs and uh, Patrick Corbin got the win on the mound as he had a very good day. He's had some really good starts these last quality starts, as you as the MLB likes to say, or you know that that word in baseball is quality starts where you go six innings and they give up three or less runs, but he's not been able to win those games. And uh, he was able to, to get the win yesterday for the Nationals. They split the series with the Mets. The Mets, who started out pretty good, and now they're kind of on a downswing. Nats are just uh, a game and a half back of them uh, in the – uh NLE standings with the Nats now at 18 and 23 Mets at 20 and 22 uh pretty big win for the 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 Nats yesterday over the Mets uh and it was a good hitting day as well
4: yeah Abrams had that second deck home run but Manessis you're right a four for five day four RBIs that that's great to see the offense really uh ended that series well and hopefully for the nationals that continues i mean they are only five games below 500 so they're not really playing terrible baseball they're maybe not where you want them to be if you want them to truly be competitive but i think even though they're five games under they're doing better than what we expected them to be
2: they're not the kansas city royals or oakland or the oakland athletics that haven't even won double digit games yes Soon-to-be Las Vegas Athletics. That is true, unless they change their name. wonder if they'll do that. Uh, But the Nats back in action tonight. They're down in Miami for a three-game set against the Marlins. Uh, First pitch at 640 tonight and tomorrow night. And then we'll uh, have the uh, 110 first pitch on Thursday for getaway day, as uh, most likely won't be able to get into the game tonight with a 640 start and a 7 p.m. start uh, first pitch in, in high school baseball, so we won't have that on the radio. Uh, but the Nats and the Marlins going at it. Marlins are uh, twenty and twenty one. So the Nats, uh, if they were to sweep them, they could jump up, uh, jump past the Marlins and potentially be kind of in the mix for the second spot in the in the NL East, uh, guys.
3: Yeah, I mean. Like we said, the Nationals have played a lot better than I think people expected. Uh, still not having a great season, but certainly competing. Um, it seems like C.J. Abrams is really starting to step it up. Which I mean, he was kind of the centerpiece I felt like, or at least one of the centerpieces. And that once you've seen McKenzie Gore do a nice job for him, he was invo- He was involved in that trade as well. So I think for the Nationals, um, they're definitely getting production out of their young pieces and, and that will lead to success in the new near future for them.
4: Yeah, I mean it, it's right now something that you can still uh watch and enjoy, so that's always a good thing.
2: Alright, the O's, they had, they're entertaining the uh LA Angels this week uh for a, a three game series in Baltimore and uh, Shohei who he's coming to the O's. What? He's coming to the
3: O's in the offseason.
2: I don't know about that. He gave up a home run to uh, he Frazier. We well, gave up a home run to Frazier. The commentator says Shohei who, and then uh, he hits a moonshot. Shohei Otani does as he's DHing while he's pitching. Shohei Otani. What was the final result of that game?
4: It was a nine-five loss, and the Angels. The offense was there, um, and when Otani has a four hundred fifty-six foot three-run homer, it's impressive. He almost had the uh, cycle. That's Did he hit it on Utah Street? Yeah, everybody's waiting for the cycle. It It went right to the sign of a Boog's Barbecue. Right. So
3: Shohei O R I O L E S. Tommy. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. The EPAC Sectional Championship tonight, six forty pregame, seven p.m. first pitch. Thanks to Coach Sherman and Coach Walker for coming on. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer. Thanks so long. We'll talk to you tonight and tomorrow. Locally owned,
1: locally operated, and proud to support our local community. Talk radio WRNR Martinsburg, Spring Mills, Harper's Ferry.